0: Have you ever wondered what's the difference between people who have like a lot of influence and people who don't have a lot? <laughs> Maybe you feel like you're one of the ones that doesn't have a lot and you'd like to be one of the ones that has a lot. Well, hey, my name is Gabe Colstad, and I'm with Westside Community Church. We're here for the midweek motivation episode of our weekly podcast and we're really jumping off where we left off. On Sunday, we were talking about becoming a person of influence, and we looked at the life of Elvis, you know, that recent movie Elvis is out, and man, what a what an influence Elvis had in the world, and, you know, we, we don't necessarily say, hey, we agree with everything Elvis did or didn't do, but the point is, Elvis was a person of influence, and Jesus has made you a person of influence. You might say, no, he hasn't, <laughs> but... What we can know is there's a difference between people who do have influence and who don't have influence. And actually one of the big differences is just recognizing it. People who have influence have gone through that step of recognizing it, becoming aware of what their influence is. And uh you know the truth is most of us have far more influence than we realize or than we utilize. And the reason really is back to that recognition. How do you even know what your influence is. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. The idea that God teaches us in scripture is that no matter who you are, where you come from, he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And as you move toward Jesus, he gives you this gift, this power, this talent, this ability And so when you think about people who are super talented, we recognize all talent comes from God. I mean, if God gave us our lives, then he gives us our talents. And the people who are influential in the best way, you know, you think of like, name your favorite hero that's made a big difference in the world. Those people had talents and gifts that God gave them, but it doesn't do any good to have them if you don't know that you have them and if you don't choose to use them as a result. So I wanna talk just for a few minutes about... This process of recognizing or becoming aware of your own unique strengths and influence so that you can take advantage of it and use it for the right reason. For me, um, you know, one of those areas where I just never thought, I, I never, ever, ever thought that I would be involved in is public speaking. I mean, I just never, as a young person, especially. Uh, Even as a young adult, I just didn't see myself as somebody who would be doing public speaking, mainly because I was so intimidated by it. I was afraid. I was so scared to stand up in front of a group of people. Uh, The idea of being behind a microphone or a camera was just petrifying to me. And, you know, it might seem strange because uh, now this is kind of, you know, who I am and what I do. This is basically a lot of what I do is I'm in front of a microphone or a camera or a crowd or a group, or a team almost all the time. And so, you know, it's funny how that happens, but what what came to be was that I realized that this was a part of my influence. I realized that this was a part of something that God had given me, and that I was responsible to use it to the best of my ability. Even if you're not comfortable with it, you're still responsible to use it. Some of you might be a teacher, or you might be somebody who has extra, you know, time, or extra money, or who knows what but you've got something and God's saying I gave you a gift how are you going to use it so how do you recognize what that is well there's a book that I read that helped me so much with this and I want to recommend it highly if you're watching this on YouTube it's called Shape by Eric Reese if you're listening on a podcast google that Shape by Eric Reese R E E S And this is all about unpacking that influence that you have. What influence do you have? How do you even know how to recognize some of that influence? Back to my own journey and story, just to illustrate, to maybe give you a little bit of handle on what you could analyze in your own life. Um, When I was a teenager, I got involved in this youth group, and the youth pastor gave us these assessments, and it was called a spiritual gifts assessment. Well, this book, Shape, is all about five factors. And the first factor is S, is spiritual gifts. That's a concept the New Testament talks about. It really means that God has gifted you with something that's significant, that he adds his power to, that provides spiritual results. And so there's all these options that we were given as in this assessment as, as students, as high school students. You know, what would my spiritual gift be? Would it be organizing? Would it be showing mercy? Would it be Getting things done with my hands, you know, really digging in and, and serving that way. Would it be leading in some way? Would it be teaching? And as it turns out, as I took these assessments over and over again as a student, my youth pastor guided me and said, you've got the gift of teaching. And I was like, me? What do you mean? I, I would never want to stand up in front of a group of people or, you know, any of that stuff and 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 talk like that. And he said, yeah, but I mean, that's what God's given you. So he helped me develop this gift of teaching, even though I didn't think I had it gave me opportunities, and all these things. So you got to ask yourself the question, well, what has God gifted you with? And know that he's going to help you develop it, and he does expect you to use it. That is a part of your influence. Part of, part of assessing that is just asking that question, what might be my spiritual gift? How did God wire me? The H in this acrostic in the book Shape stands for your heart or your passions, and I remember looking back in my teenage years, they were so formative for me, especially as I was asking these questions about my spiritual gifts. I was also asking these questions about my passions. So some of you are in that zone. Maybe you're not a teenager, maybe you're a young adult, maybe you're an adult, maybe you're a kid listening and you've got passions, things you care deeply about. One of them for me was music as a teenager. And I always thought to myself, because I was a follower of Jesus and I, and, I, and I cared about that. I just didn't know how to apply it. You know, I didn't know how to make a difference with it. And I started thinking to myself, how cool would it be if somehow a message got across to one of these band leaders that I love? I had all these alternative bands I, I loved as a teenager, The Cure, Depeche Mode, The Smiths, all these bands, maybe some of you out there also fans. And I always would ask myself the question, what would happen if like David Gahan from Depeche Mode became a Christian and all of a sudden everything changed in his world? You know, and, uh, and then as I grew a little older, I saw Bono kind of go through this transition with you too, and he became a little more vocal about his faith. More recently, we've seen Justin Bieber take a turn and actually start talking about Jesus publicly on social media and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, that makes a huge difference in people's lives. And it all came back to this, this passion that I have for getting the word out. You know, so for me, it kind of anchored it back to public speaking or broadcasting or getting a message across. And that became a theme for me, a passion for me. And so I'm starting to see now how these things come together. Then you got the A in this acrostic is abilities. And abilities are those things that are are talents. Like uh, for me, one of the things that I recognized that, and I didn't recognize it myself, I had to have other people tell me, you have a way with words, that people had to tell me that. And it was actually through writing. I would write some stuff and share it. And then somebody would tell me that. And I didn't believe it for myself because, you know what, a lot of times your own talents are things that you do naturally and they don't seem hard. So you're like, what, what's, you know, I can put an, or, I can organize an event just like that. Well, not everybody can do that. You know, you're like, well, I can, I can go sit with somebody by the, by the hospital bed who's dying and, it's, and it doesn't take any energy. It's something I love to do. Not everybody can do that. You know, there are things that you can do that not everybody can do. And so you got to stop and ask yourself the question: What do I get acknowledged for? What do people constantly tell me I'm good at? Because we need that, don't we? we're some sometimes it's really hard to tell. Well, how, what is my influence? How do I recognize it? Well, it's your spiritual gifts, it's your heart, it's your abilities, those things that you're naturally good at that you probably don't put that much energy into. But that's part of the point: is they, they're you're wired for it. And then the P stands for personality. You know, we're all different. And uh, and God's made us unique. He loves uniqueness. There's so many different combinations of how he's wired people. And your personality really does have something to do with your influence. For me, I, I noticed that as a, a, you know, from childhood all the way till now, that I'm kind of a borderline introvert. And what that means is that I recharge by myself for the most part, but I'm a borderline introvert. So I'm not that far away from being an extrovert. So I like being around people too. It's just that it takes energy for me to be around people. And so as a borderline introvert, kind of on the introverted side of the middle of the line, what I need is time downtime and I crave it and I thrive in it. And so I I build solitude into my life. It's part of my rhythm. What I found is that somebody who's going to be speaking or teaching a lot has to like that. <laughs> you know, you have to like the downtime of thinking because you're going to be crafting thoughts all the time that turn into messages that you're going to share or podcasts that you're going to share or lessons that you're going to share or, you know, training that you're going to share. And so you have to be somebody who likes to produce words and thoughts in order to, to be used in, in this broadcast or this teaching space because uh, that's, that's what it takes. So you can even look at that and go like, well, there's another clue is what's your personality? Maybe you're a super duper people person. And so God's got, got you in this place. Maybe it's sales or it's, it's you know, in, in Christianity, sometimes we call it evangelism. That might be a dirty word to you. But uh, the point is, is that we're sharing the good news. Evangelism is just sharing the good news, the good news that Jesus loves everybody. And, you know, that, that could be a real clue to, well, what's my influence then? You know, how am I going to spend my days and how am I going to honor God's giftedness he's planted in me? What's the future of my life going to look like and how I'm going to make an impact? has a lot to do with your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality. And then the E is your experiences. Again, I want to recommend you read this book by Eric Reese. It's so fantastic. It'll take you through all of the questions that you need to really assess this. But for me, experiences turned out like this. Like when I was five, my parents tell me that I was pretending like I was a pastor and we invited kids over to our house and we played church, you know, and I was standing up on this chair, I guess, teaching. And I I don't remember that, but I'm told that, you know, that that this is something I gravitated toward even early as a kid, to, to explain things, to put complicated things into simple language and try to get a point across. Um, when I was 10, I was elected the president of my fifth grade class. I don't know how that happened. I don't remember much of it, but I do remember that I was in some way representing ideas. You know, what What do we all want to get done in the fifth grade class, you know, and trying to present that. And so there was these themes, you know. When I was 16, I got a chance to start teaching in a youth group, and I was petrified, especially because my peers were there and I was a teenager. But I had a coach, and it worked. You know, it started to take root. When I was 17, I was allowed to teach a larger crowd. And I, I, I liked it at the same time I was scared to death. When I was 19, I was given the opportunity to, um, to speak at a at homeless ministry, uh, at, an, at a, a mission in a downtown of a city. And people <clears throat> follow Jesus as a result of that, you know? And, and that may not be, that might be weird language for you if you're listening to this, if you're kind of peeking in. But if you're, if you're a Christian, you're like, wow, I mean, somebody listened and responded to a message about hope and uh, and it became something significant, you know. But again, I was like, "That's weird." I was so embarrassed, you know. But it started to get a little more. You start to get a little more confident when when people are acknowledging these things and you're having these experiences where something works. When I was uh, a little bit older, uh, I was given the opportunity, you know, to uh, do some ministry to people who were in jail and that was about talking. We were, I was talking in front of a group. And, um, you know, it just became something over time. I realized, okay, I'm supposed to be presenting. That's a big part of my life. I'm supposed to broadcast something. Of course, COVID hit and the world changed and every kind of organization came to a screeching halt. And we all went online. We all went digital. And at my church, we had to figure this out. And I had to start sitting in front of a camera way more often, sitting in front of a microphone way more often. And it's become sort of a rhythm. And so, you know, this has become for me a way of life. And the the only reason I'm sharing all of this is to help you see that your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experiences are totally unique, and those are the five clues to figuring out and recognizing your influence so you can start taking hold of it. So you can start taking it to the next level, so you can begin working on it and crafting it and getting feedback on it and getting better at it and starting to get real intentional about who you're influencing with how God has wired you, because we all have an influence that God wants us to have. You may not be Elvis. You may not be a singer. You may not reach as many people as Elvis. I may not either. But we have one question to answer, and that is, how are you fulfilling your potential that God has planted in your soul? I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope you'll take time to order this book, Shape and Read It, and I hope that you'll do two other things. I hope one, you'll subscribe to this podcast and share it with somebody else so that we can get the word out and spread the joy and spread the message of God's love. And secondly, I hope you'll pop by a Westside service sometime soon. You can do that online at westsidecommunitychurch.com or you can just swing by our campus in the Portland, Oregon area on a Sunday. We would love to see it either way. Hope you have a great week.